Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year, especially now during rookie draft season. Hey, you do too, so let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today for episode number 88. We are actually going to look at my very first rookie draft that just completed itself. <laughs> Slow draft that only lasted two days, Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday by noon, we were done because that's my diehard league. This is my favorite league called the Diehards. It's my most active league with tons of trades and very savvy owners. It's a single quarterback league with six points per touchdown pass and half PPR. Last year, I had the best regular season record. Um, but lost in the semifinals, so I was the 10th uh, pick in this draft, minus trades, of course. And I actually gave up my two first-round picks late in the season for a trade for Alvin Kamara, which I hoped would have pushed me over the top to win the championship, but of course I just said that it didn't. Um, And so I'm not going to have a whole lot to share about my personal picks in the first and second round because you'll see that I didn't have any. But I'm actually going to talk about each different round, talk about the biggest uh, value players that I saw drafted, as well as the different, um, the biggest stretches that I saw. And then when it finally does get to the rounds where I actually get a pick, I'll tell you kind of what I was thinking, who I was thinking about picking there and why I did what I did. My real hope in these is that you would actually use these podcasts. And I really would encourage you to go to the website because on the website, I list the entire draft for you. And so this will help you as you prepare to know average draft position or ADP, so you know which players you might have to step up and reach for and which pay players you might be able to uh, just just wait on and pick up based on ADP of my drafts. And so I'm going to be doing this every week as I have different draft every single week leading all the way through June. So that's going to be pretty fun to continue to report on. I appreciate you giving a listen and wanting to follow. So let's look at this. Um, my first round of the Die Hards League draft went like this. Jonathan Taylor. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, number two, three, J.K. Dobbins, four, DeAndre Swift, five, Cam Akers, six, C.D. Lamb, seven, Jerry Judy, eight, Justin Jefferson, nine, Keyshawn Vaughn, 10, Jalen Rager, 11, Denzel Mims, 12, Brandon Ayuk. So again, I want to refer you to the website. Go to Dynasty Freaks. That's Freaks with two E's, DynastyFreaks.com. And you can look at this yourself, so it will make a little bit more sense than me just kind of listing names, but... That was the first round. Let me tell you from this first round what I think is the best value, the best, the biggest stretch. And then, of course, I don't have a round here to tell you about my pick. So best value, um, this this kind of went chalk, in my opinion, through most of the draft until you get to about eight. And I kind of suspect that all of our drafts will do this. The first picks of Taylor, C.E.H., Dobson, um, Swift, Akers, Lamb, Judy, Jefferson. Maybe not Jefferson. You might see Rager jump in there too. But I feel like the first eight or nine picks are going to be pretty chalk. And so it's hard to really pick on one here as being the biggest, you know, value. But um, I just think that it was pretty much as planned. So I'm spoiler, I'm not giving you a best value here, but I will give you what I consider to be the biggest stretch. The biggest stretch here in the first round, I believe, is Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, I really disagree uh, with him being drafted here in the first round, though I suspect he will be drafted in the first round of most rookie drafts. I would not draft him until the middle of the second round. 
because many of the wide receivers that I have and even the top two rookie quarterbacks I have ranked ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. I just feel like people are placing too much value on his landing spot in Tampa Bay as if Ronald Jones is not more talented and as if Arians drafted the next David Johnson. That's what everyone's looking for. And I just think it's too much of a risk. Jones improved a lot in his second year, especially at the end of the year. And he's also younger than Vaughn already. I wrote about this in my article last week and on podcast last week. I really see this being much more like a split backfield in that Vaughn will never completely take over. So I feel like this is a big stretch for Vaughn in the first round. As for my pick, I told you I traded my ter- I had traded two first round picks for Alvin Kamara, so I had no draft pick in this round. Let's move to the second round. Here's how the second round went. Again, go to our website to see these if you want to evaluate ADP for your upcoming drafts. But here's how it went. Second round, Joe Burrow, Michael Pittman, Zach Moss, T. Higgins, A.J. Dillon, LaVisca Chenault, Tua Tungavaloa, uh, Henry Ruggs, Chase Claypool, Anthony McFarlane, Devin DuVernay, Brian Edwards. That's how the second round went. So as far as best value and biggest stretch for me, best value, I really consider Brian Edwards. I feel like he was a steal at pick number 24. I was trying to trade up with him, trade up to get him in this round. Uh, he's my 18th ranked rookie, and I feel like he has the talent to become the wide receiver one in Las Vegas above Henry Ruggs. So Henry was, uh, or Edwards was thought to be among the top rookie wide receivers in this class before the 2019 college football season. He's considered to be a better prospect than Debo Samuel in South Carolina at that time. Like people thought that he was better than Debo. And so what happened? It just felt like after a solid but not spectacular 2019 season, combined with a broken foot that meant he could not test in the NFL Combine or in his pro day, it really caused him to drop in the NFL draft. But it should not have caused him to drop this far in our rookie drafts. I love this pick at pick number 24. Uh, He could be better than Debo like many people thought last year. Biggest stretch, biggest stretch, I will say A.J. Dillon. It was a big reach here, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Jones in a, is in a contract year, so there's a lot of speculation that Dillon will be drafted to become Jones' replacement in Green Bay, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Jones has already proven, and Green Bay would be crazy, in my opinion, to let him walk at the end of the season. There's almost, uh, there's almost always a way to make contracts work in the NFL and a way to stay under the salary cap, and so I just think that they're going to find a way to sign him again. Add to that the fact that Jonathan Williams took 35% of the snaps last year, mostly on passing downs because Jones was a detriment in the passing, but Dylan is also not a passing downs back, so Williams could maintain his role and just make this a whole, you know, this muddy situation for the running back in Green Bay. As for my pick, again, I said I traded this pick in 2019, uh, and I received T.Y. Hilton in a 2020 first-round pick, which is part of the Kamara trade that I mentioned when I traded away two first-round picks. So my pick basically here in the first and second round was Kamara and T.Y. Hilton for three picks that I gave up. So didn't have a pick this round. Moving into round three, though, here's what happened. Again, go to the website, check out the article so you can see these and compare your ADP. But just to name names here, round three was Antonio Gibson, Joshua Kelly, K.J. Hamler, D.J. Dallas, Tyler Johnson, Cole Kement, Justin Herbert, Raymond Calais, Albert O. Gubwanum, <laughs> Albert O. And then finally, my pick at number 34, Darrington Evans, 35, and Adam Trotman, and 36, Van Jefferson. Best value, best, best uh, biggest stretch in my pick I'll talk about here in the third round. 
Best value, in my opinion, was Tyler Johnson. I have him ranked as the number 22nd ranked wide receiver, rookie wide receiver. And uh, he was here drafted number 29, so seven seven points there, seven draft picks off the difference there. He was a la- la- last player that I was trying to trade up for in this draft. After he was drafted, I was content to wait until my 34th pick. I just kind of gave up trying to trade up and get my guys at that point. Um, he fell. Uh, he was ridiculously productive in Minnesota, at Minnesota Golden Gophers, that is, but fell in the NFL draft based on questions about his athleticism and his ability to beat man-on-man coverage. He didn't participate in the NFL Combine or the Senior Bowl, which dropped his stock even further. But my thing is I place far more value on production than I, than, than I do in scouts' assessment of athletic scores or how they test in the Combine. The fact was that he had 1,169 yards and 12 touchdowns this junior year. And many people thought that he'd come out that year and actually would be one of the first wide receivers drafted. But he chose to come back for a senior year where he outproduced it, having 1,317 yards and 13 touchdowns his senior season. I just don't get it. What is not liked? What is not to like? He's produced. I don't care about what other scouts are saying right now. Man, I would love to get him. And for him falling all the way to number 29, that was a great pick. The biggest stretch in this this round, I'll caveat it just to say it's hard to call anything a big stretch at this point in the draft. Here's where I noticed that a lot of teams are just reaching for guys that they valued, and there were some very surprising picks that were made this round. I could list a bunch that I would not have done in the third round. But if I had to pick one, I'd say it's probably Albert, Albert O. I think uh, Albert O was the biggest stretch in this round. He was a star at the Combine. He's reunited with his college quarterback and Drew Locke, but he was drafted by Denver, who drafted two other offensive weapons and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and and he's also stuck behind a better tight end and Noah Fant so I just think from a dynasty perspective and dynasty it already takes too long for tight ends to break out let alone one that's buried in the depth chart and just going to be challenged to get the right number of targets in dynasty this guy I just don't think I'd be drafting this year even though I would love him if he would have landed on another team as for my pick, I finally was able to make a pick in the draft. I drafted Darrington Evans. Uh, my running back depth in this league, as I'll talk about here at the end, was pretty weak, though I do have Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara, so I'm happy about that. But I wanted to draft a running back and was debating between two, just so you know. I was debating between Evans and Eno Benjamin. I like both players a lot and have them only four spots apart in my rookie rankings, number 28 versus number 34. But the fact that, that Evans is in an excellent passing game back and he appears to be locked into the number two role behind Derrick Henry in Tennessee, um, who is also not used to being used in the passing game, just made it an easy choice for me. I think Evan's going to get far more touches than you know Benjamin will this year, and I'll be able to see if this is a guy that I'm going to keep or a guy that I need to cut uh, pretty, you know, probably about like midway through the season. Lack of depth chart, and of course my love for uh, Evans as far as how he was played. I had him, like I said, number 28, and here drafted him at 34, so I was pretty happy to get that pick and add just a little bit of depth to my running backs. Moving to fourth round now. Fourth round, this is how it went. Eno Benjamin, like I said, he was just drafted a few picks after me. Joe Reed, Quintus Cephas, Michael Pirine, uh, Devin Asiasi, Lynn Bowden, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Jordan Love, James Prochet, and then my pick was Salvin Ahmed, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then Darnell Mooney. So that's how that went. Again, go to the website so you can see the ADP and look at this a little more closely yourselves rather than just listing a bunch of names listed off. But while I do that, let me give you my best value, biggest stretch, and my pick. Best value, 
I feel like it's clearly Antonio Gandy Golden. Man, he fell way too far in this draft. He he was he was picked number forty three while he's number twenty seven, ranked and ranked rookie for me. Uh, this pick was shocking. I didn't I didn't don't believe that I'll see this ever again in any of my drafts. He was drafted in the fourth round to the Redskins team that has a wide receiver two position that's really open for competition. It feels like Terry McLaurin is was the steal of the draft last year in the third round. Gandy Golden could maybe be the steal of the draft this year, especially if he's drafted this late. Uh, he's a raw prospect for sure, given that he played against very weaker competition at Liberty University, but he has a size, has a raw talent, and the intelligence. He's a really smart guy to become um, a great NFL wide receiver, particularly now that he's going to get some NFL coaching behind him. So what a value there at number 43. I'd be surprised to ever see him fall that far in the rest of my drafts. Biggest stretch in this round. Again, we're in the fourth round here, so everyone's stretching. So don't mean to be too critical, but I would put Joe Reed as the biggest stretch here in this round. I believe Joe Reed was drafted to be a special teams player, overall kind of athletic contributor rather than actual starting receiver. I think when the Chargers drafted K.J. Hill, he's a much better wide receiver to complement um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And so I think K.J. Hill is actually going to be the receiver, whereas Reed was really drafted just to be kind of more special teams and a, and a player. I also worry about the Chargers as they're building up their defense like they have, like ridiculous-looking defense, at least on paper with the players that they have. I think they may become a little bit more conservative on offense with Tyrod Taylor or perhaps rookie Justin Herbert starting at quarterback. So Reed, honestly, Reed's not actually in my top 72. If you go to my website, Reed's not in my top 72 players overall. So drafting him here at pick number 38, I think, was the biggest stretch. As for my pick, finally got to pick again, second pick for me. Um, I, it was, uh, I was the first team to draft an undrafted free agent in Salvin Ahmed. Um, as I said earlier, I really needed running back draft uh, depth in this draft, and I was trying to trade up for Gandy Golden many, many times, or I was trying to trade up for James Prochet, who went right before me before I picked uh, Ahmed. Um, they, were, they were available. I was trying to trade up to get them, but I couldn't get them, and so at that point, Rather than draft a receiver, I felt like it was best to to go for this little stretch right here. Uh, San Francisco signed Ahmed to a three-year undrafted free agent contract. And we all know that the Shanahans, both both Mike Shanahan and now Kyle Shanahan, they're known for their ability to turn undrafted free agent running backs into stars. And their running back depth is a little weaker now that they traded Matt Breida in the NFL draft. And so in the fourth round, I thought this was very worth the risk to see what he does in the preseason. If he can't make the final roster by the time, um, I'll, I'll likely just cut him. And with a fourth-round pick, I'm fine to do that. I'll watch the preseason and see if there's a way that he can work himself into being actually signed on the 53-man roster. If he is, I'll hold him. If not, I might cut him and just keep him on my watch list. Um, that's how I would kind of treat this here in the fourth round. Now let me go to the final and fifth round. We have five draft, uh, five rounds of draft picks in this draft. Fifth round went like this. Again, go to the website so you can see this in person. Colin Johnson, Thaddeus Moss, Michael Warren, Jalen Hurts, Jawan Jennings, Gabriel Davis, Jermichael Hasty, and then my pick, which I traded up for, Isaiah Hodgins, Russell Gage, then again, my pick, Brian Hill, John Hightower, and KJ Hill. So this is how things went in the fifth round when everyone's grasping. As for best value, here's how I would put the best value. I'd put the best value actually on K.J. Hill. I feel like he landed a great landing spot with the Chargers. 
Uh, he's an excellent opportunity to become the wide receiver number three in LA behind Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams. Um, Hill was an all-time reception leader at Ohio State, which is pretty incredible given all the great receivers that they've had. And while not testing well and clearly not showing ability, in my opinion, to ever become a wide receiver one on a team, I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one. I think he could be a, a wide receiver three as early as this year and that thus become maybe a wide receiver two in our uh, dynasty leagues. So at, as, as rookie uh, landing number 58 in my rankings, I couldn't believe that he became in this league number 72, Mr. Insignificant. So I had a rank number 58 and he became Mr. Insignificant at number 60 here. I uh, still feel like it was a really good, good pick for him. As for the biggest stretch, um, it's a it's a hard to pick, of course, a stretch here when you're talking about the fifth round. But I'll just say Jamichael Hasty, uh, the owner who picked him, was likely banking on the fact that, like I just said, that Kyle Shanahan knows how to hit on undrafted free agents, which is true. However, they signed the guy that I drafted, Salvin, uh, to a longer contract, to, you know, and it's already a crowded backfield. I don't blame an owner for waiting to see. Like I'm trying to wait and see what happens with Salvin in my backfield, so they're wanting to wait and see on Hasty. But he was already out of my rookie rankings before the NFL draft, and Salvin Ahmed was still um, my rankings. While not drafted, he moved up significantly after signing his undrafted free agent uh, contract for me. So I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. So what can you call a stretch here in the fifth round? As for my picks, uh, because I have five open roster spots in this draft, I was able to to, uh, draft two picks. I wanted to be sure to secure at least one player uh, rather than having to fight for them among the undrafted free agents. So at the end of the draft, we have a, a UDFA um, draft, you know, waiver period, basically. And I didn't want to wait for someone else maybe to snipe my player. So I traded my fifth round pack pick in 2021 just to secure myself the player that I wanted here. And that's what I traded to get Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, he was actually my 37th ranked player overall. Hodgins was drafted in the sixth round by Buffalo. He, I feel like he has a lot of competition, of course, with Stefan Diggs and John Brown, Cole Beasley, and they drafted another receiver ahead of him in Gabriel Davis. Still, I just believe in Hodgins. I think he has the size and the talent and productivity in college to become the wide receiver number two in Buffalo within the next two or three years. So I'm going to have to hold him a while, but I'm kind of committed to holding him for the next two years to see what he can do. He has 1,171-yard, 13-touchdown season his junior year before the draft was just too impressive for me. Um, I was trying to trade up to get him in the fourth round, so if he falls to me in the fifth year, I think I'll pick him in every draft. was happy to give up a fifth-round pick in 2021 to get him. Then we have Brian Hill. He was the last player that I drafted. This was, again, a player that is not a rookie, but we can draft rookies and or free agents. And this is the first non-rookie you know, draft picker that I, player that I've picked. Uh, I just thought like this was just a bit of insurance pick for me. Um, he could be the top backup behind Todd Gurley like he was last year behind Devonta Freeman. I needed running back depth and went with kind of a semi-proven player in the last pick. At least I've seen him and know what he does. And so felt like it was his guy that I was willing to take a risk on. Atlanta didn't draft a running back. That helps too. So Hill could become the primary backup to Gurley, who of course has been injured lately. If he can hold off uh, Cadre Allison, who I also am you know, having a lot of leagues just for that same exact reason. I also considered him there, but... Felt like in this half PPR league that that Brian Hill was the better one to draft here with my very last pick. So 
For me, I feel like my draft wasn't too exciting, uh, but I have to remind myself that I have Alvin Kamara and T.Y. Hilton for what would have been my top three picks in the first and second round. I really love this diehards league, and I know too that if I have a need, they are very, very hyperactive teams that I can trade with at any time. So let me just finally give you just a rundown of my team, what it looks like right now. Here's what my running backs look, or my quarterbacks look like. I have Jameis Winston, Gardner Minshew, Philip Rivers, Nick Foles, and Tyrod Taylor, which is great. Um, but I hate rostering this many quarterbacks. But the fact is that Jameis Winston's offseason really hurt me. He, he really carried my team last year, and I love him. But the fact that there's a chance of him becoming the starter next year for New Orleans, it thrills me. So I have to keep him, which also meant that I had to just pick up a lot of other bad quarterbacks just to try to stream this year. So I'm disappointed with how many that I have to roster. I am hopeful that Minshew can actually become a top 12 quarterback. I do want to see what comes of this you know, second-year guy. I'm actually trying to trade a 2021 third-round pick for an upgraded quarterback for some of the teams that have two or three quarterbacks that I like more than mine right now, at least for this coming year. It's a one-quarterback league, so I'm convinced that I can survive even if I have to uh, deal with the quarterbacks that I have right now. Getting to the better positions here, now running back. My running back room looks like this. Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, on Johnson, Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde, now Darrington Evans, now Salvin Ahmad, um, Brian Hill, and Corey Clement. Obviously, I'm loaded at the top, but I lack depth. If I have Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb running out there every week, I'm super happy. I'm also happy to have Latavius Murray if Kamara were to get injured again, but a Chubb injury could certainly kill me because my depth is so bad. It was hard for me to see DeAndre Swift get land, you know, land in Detroit, but I still think Kyrion's going to get a good percentage of the snaps there in Detroit should I need him. I tried to use this draft to get depth at this position, but it was hard to do, of course, without a first or second round pick. As for the wide receiver room, I have uh, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton, Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, now Isaiah Hodgins, Josh Reynolds, and Tajay Sharp. This group's the strength of my team, obviously, but the players, of course, are getting older, and I don't have a top 15 guy in my rankings. I just I just have a bunch of like top 20 to 30 guys in my rankings, so I love it in one sense, but it's difficult in another sense. I hope to trade one or two of them for a younger wide receiver, perhaps, that I value equally, or maybe a younger running back this year, especially if they all perform well. I've got five very, very solid wide receivers, but I can only start four of them. And so we'll see what happens. Even if I could maybe trade two of these solid receivers that are older for one younger one that's uh, that I'm very confident in. We'll see what happens this year. As for tight end, I have Jared Cook, Jack Doyle, Chris Herndon, Will Disley, and Ryan Griffin. I also really hate to roster this many tight ends on my team. I really do. But I just couldn't find a person to trade with this season, this offseason, even though I was shopping all these tight ends. In a 12-man league with 27 rosters, now, of course, 32-man rosters with the five rookies, I just didn't think there was players available that I would actually rather trade. I like Cook and Doyle. I feel like they have very safe floors on my team week to week, and I'm really looking forward to Herndon being the player that I hope breaks out this year. If he and Sam Darnold can make that connection, Chris Herndon could very easily become my top tight end. I'll mention kicker and defense. I know a lot of us don't play in kicker and defense leagues, but I do in this league in particular. I have a kicker. I have Zane Gonzalez. I like it because he's on a high-scoring offense that last year really struggled in the red zone. Uh, he also signed a long-term contract with Arizona this offseason, so happy to have him. As for my defense, I have the Saints and the Broncos. Saints, of course, are solid, high-powered offense that forces team to play catch-up a lot, which results in a lot of sacks and interceptions. And the Broncos, of course, have a very defensive-minded head coach, and they really added, added talent to their 
uh, team this year in free agency. And so I think they will be even better this year. So there it is, guys. That's my first report of my rookie draft. I hope that you've learned a little bit of something. If you've at least learned ADP as you approach your drafts that have happened, or if you've already had your drafts and just enjoy hearing about how other drafts rolled out, I enjoy talking about the different players that I value, which ones I picked, the biggest reach, and of course, the best value. Hope that helps you as you prepare. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Of course, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I am much better on email than I am on Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me. I'd be honored to help you in your draft or just in time tell me. I'm really fast with my email. can respond to you and help you think about who you might pick at any certain point in time with your draft. I appreciate you listening. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. 